friends, and next-door neighbors, Willow and Lillian, spill the tea on murder, mysteries, and other things that go bump in the night. So get your favorite teacup ready, and let's get into it. Welcome to Cruelty Podcast. This is Lillian, and with me, as always, is Willow. Hello. So today's episode in our theme of vampire killers is rough. It's oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. I mean, Willow will probably cry, <laughs> and I'm gonna try not to throw up literally the entire time. She's told me very small snippets of this. Snippets. <laughs> I love that so much, and I'm gonna use it forever. Snippets. I think I just made it up. Um, I meant tidbits, but snippets. Snippets are better. <laughs> but oh my god, this is bad. And Whew. and she's already told me that some of the things that she's told me. Oh, I'm not even going to. She's it. not even going no. to mention on air because it is so gross, vile. It is so bad that the words should not even be said. Yeah, that's that's, and you know, I'm pretty desensitized. Yeah, and you're pretty gross too. What the fuck? How well, I mean, I like, know? like with details and things. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't mind being gross, mm. but this is beyond beyond sweet, sassy, molassy. It's bad. Oh, that's cute. Oh, you like that? Yeah, I do. I like snap bits. <laughs> snap bits. I want sweet, that on the t-shirt. Sweet sassy molassy. Sweet sassy molassy. It's not a part of my vampire lifestyle. I'll tell you. <laughs> so I'm gonna do do my thing. This podcast contains subject matter that may offend or upset some people. Listener discretion is advised. It is advised. It is not safe for work or life. Um, yeah, if and of course there's, well, you'll see. You'll see. We'll just hang in. We'll just buckle up and get this show on the road. I want to take care of a little business before we really dig in. And that is, uh, yeah, thank you again to all of our supporters, you guys sharing it on social media, and, like, our patrons on Patreon. Mm, makes me so, so happy. happy. <laughs> <laughs> I could cry, but I won't. I've already cried about it. You do. You yeah. cry every patron. I do. Every single, because I get the notifications on my yeah. email, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> another yeah. one likes us. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if you want to make Willow cry... <laughs> Just go to patreon.com slash cruelty, because that's where we're at. Mm -hmm. Now, why would you want to be a patron? Because uh, it's really rad. You get twice as many episodes. You will have access. We don't have it up yet, but like within a day or two, you'll have access to our Discord server, so you can talk to me while I pretend like I know how to play Elder Scrolls online. Uh, you can sometimes live chat if we're in the mood for that sort of thing. And these are private servers, so like only patrons can access them. Uh, we'll be doing live streams later of, like, actual ghost hunts. Mm -hmm. And I can't, listen, I can't promise we're going to summon up no ghosts. Let's just be There's clear. no way to promise something from the other side. But no. We can definitely try. promise we'll try. <laughs> and, you know, I'll try respectfully first. I will. Right. And I don't think we've ever attempted to communicate with the other side and not gotten anything. I mean, I have on, on occasion. I think Whoa. it was very rare for me. Yeah, I can usually get them to do some some kind of, you know, stupid ghost trick. Right. Yeah. But I will I will get disrespectful with my mouth. I will. 
Because sometimes ghosts are stubborn. I'm just going to be like, well, somebody's a pussy. And we'll see what happens. <laughs> but only patrons can... Yeah. Yeah. So I want to give you guys some kind of incentive. And this is all for free, these episodes, of course. Now, after this episode, we're going to do another palette cleanser. Because this one is that rough. I will, Like, I'm depressed. Like, I've been depressed over it. It's really yeah. gross. Yeah. And it will be Skinwalker Ranch. So I want to preface this by saying that the Skinwalker lore and stuff belongs to indigenous people and i'm not gonna go over that legend uh but this is just the name of this ranch and it has nothing to do with that legend i mean very loosely but not really it's just a bunch of weird stuff that happens in utah and we're gonna talk about it and it's pretty awesome so let's get into it shall we are you ready all right are you buckled up i'm buckled this is the snip bits i'm gonna get into right here ew i Oh, no, now it's not cute anymore. It's not cute. Well, uh, striking that from my vocabulary forever. Oh, God. So, the story of the Vampire of Sacramento should be a cautionary tale. And not about locking your doors, though you should definitely do that. In these stories, you always hear about how it was a safe town. You know, nothing bad ever happened and nobody locked their doors. But you should always definitely do that. No, this story should serve as one of many on the importance of how we talk about and handle mental health, folks. It serves as a stark reminder that we as a country don't have a good handle on what to do with people like Richard Chase. And until we do, more people are going to suffer and get hurt. So like, your, like our last case, right. Tracy, I believe her name mm -hmm. was, out of Australia, um, this guy had some mental health issues. Right. And uh, where I don't like to say that they're totally at fault for the mental health issues for whatever murders they commit. In Richard's case, I'm not too sure on this one. Mm -hmm. I actually think his mental health issues is what made him kill. Right. And had, had the system worked? Oh, he slips through the cracks like 20 times. It's so frustrating. It's awful. And... I just, I don't know. I just get really, when I, when I talk about him, you'll, I think you'll feel frustrated too. But when I was researching the case, it just felt like everybody tried to throw him away because he was so disturbed. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that to a person. No. No. So Richard Chase was born on May 23rd, 1950 into an unhappy home. Richard started displaying disturbing traits as, at an early age. By age 10, he had displayed all three parts of what is known as the McDonald Triad. And I, Have you heard of that, by the way? Vaguely, yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. so for mm -hmm. those at home, our friends, who have not heard of the McDonald Triad, it is a set of criteria that's used to predict violent behavior that is repeating or serial in nature. And it was developed by a psychiatrist named J.M. McDonald in 1963. And these three traits are cruelty to animals, fire setting, and persistent bedwetting after the age of five. Now, this was developed in 1963. And I don't care what anybody tell you, uh, psychology is a relatively newer field. And a lot of mistakes were made early on. Nobody's using the McDonald triad today, though it's going to be mentioned in a lot of cases that we cover. Right. As far as predicting sociopathy, homicidal tendencies, and sociopathy. Um, again, we're not psychologists. 
We're not mental health care professionals. I am a community college dropout, and I don't know anything. But I am interested in this stuff, and I wouldn't go so far as to call psychology a hobby for me. I think that would be weird, but it's definitely a fascination right. that I have. And so if I'm talking about stuff like this, it's stuff someone else put on Richard Chase and diagnosed him with, not me. So these things are considered predictors, but to me, it's really just evidence of a traumatic and abusive childhood. When forensic psychology was new, we didn't have the information that we do today. And back then, people with two or three of these traits were seen as having greater potential for homicidal tendencies, like I said. And we know that to today there's a variety of factors and we can't simply boil them down to three. We can't even decide if it's nature, nurture, or combo both. Right. That, that makes this in people, if it's Absolutely. genetic, we don't mm -hmm. know, you know, mm -hmm. necessarily all, like, we haven't even image mapped the whole brain of, like, sociopathy, and so we're just not sure. But these do pop up a lot. Like, in these cases, often you'll, about serial killers, you'll hear them, like, hurt animals when they were kids. Right. That's usually a huge warning sign. And the fire setting, I actually didn't know. But that's also a huge warning sign. Mm -hmm. So that's something to look for. If your kid's trying to burn your house down. <laughs> Seek help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You think you would right. anyway, because right. it's disturbing. But, you know. So, as a child, Richard had behavioral problems. His strict and often physically abusive father, he did little to help. As a result, the older Richard got, the worse he became. He started hurting animals, setting small fires, and he kind of never quit wetting the bed. And I find that one unusual um, as one of the, the triad, the McDonald triad. I find that unusual, the bed wetting. And I tried to look up why, and I literally doesn't say. Right. And I wonder if it's an issue with, like, impulse control or, by like, physiology, because I know a lot of, especially boys, have underdeveloped bladders and will continue to wet the bed you know, well into their early teens. I don't know. It's something to think it about. is, it is uh, interesting though, because I do see that quite often mm -hmm. with, um, with a lot of like high profile serial killers. Impotence also. Mm -hmm. And Richard had that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 He had erectile dysfunction pretty bad. And that's, and then it, and then it adds to like, um, sexually charged murders and things like that. Yeah, it definitely does because they, they're they're like trying to find kind of some kind of stimulation that will right. get their jollies going. Right. And it usually escalates into really violence. Because nothing will get them there. stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I find that do you so know? Upsetting. Do you know if he was... Um, he wasn't molested. He, okay. But he abused. was emotionally and physically abused, okay. for sure. Both his mother and father were just terrible. Okay. Yeah. When he was a teenager, his behavior grew way more unpredictable and violent, and his father straight up kicked him out of the house. With this untreated mental illness that he had, coupled with the childhood trauma, Richard began to self-medicate, and he turned to drugs and alcohol pretty much right away. And you're going to see this as a common pattern with Richard Chase, that if he's alone, he spirals very quickly and very badly. He will immediately turn to any drugs he can get his hands on. And he was specifically really into hallucinogens. Now, if you're already a mentally disturbed person, hallucinogens are not something you want to throw in the mix. 
it's but he was really into LSD. And I can only imagine what that did for his psyche. Nothing good. No. Now, friends, <laughs> Lillian has done quite a few psychotropic drugs. I I used to do like 40 hits a night. Yeah. I used to do so much LSD in my early 20s. Um, I haven't touched it since, but no. I used to do like heavy, heavy, heavy amounts. Yeah. Um, you know, I would I would either like just do a drop like a whole dropper full. Yeah, that was fun. You know, I would eat it by the ten. Almost strip. send myself to the hospital for real. Like it, it, it yeah. So I, I understand. Like had psychotic doses. breaks because mm-hmm. of uh, LSD in particular. Although I had a really bad run in with mescaline. Don't recommend friends. I've actually never done mescaline, so I Don't guess I, I probably never will because I'm recommend told now. it. Look, you know how mm-hmm. mushrooms is kind of smooth. Yeah, it's a little. It's kind of like eating a documentary. It's not necessarily fun, but it's smooth. Right. And acid is very giggly and hyper and woo and, and like melty. Melty. Yeah. Mescaline is like being sucked backwards through a straw into a black hole that just shits you out somewhere else in the universe. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I don't recommend it, friends. With, with the like the basis of this guy's mental state, he's mm. doing all of this on top of yeah, it. Yeah, and he was a habitual use, like hard user for years. And so this is in the sixties, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mescaline was um, and LSD was being, and this is in Sacramento. Yeah, it was real so, heavy. So in yeah, that like, area, like they yeah. were they were being like tested on at Berkeley with this stuff too. Yes, at this point in time. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, you know, I, I used it primarily not only to have fun because I was a rotten party girl, but also because I'm into the occult. And if you want right. to touch the other side, well, just fry your brain until you do. Yeah, you get there pretty quick. That's yeah. some shit. Yeah. So I can't imagine what an already disturbed person with delusions, because Richard Chase definitely had delusions even at an early age, which got worse in his teen years. They probably seemed more solidified. It was just kind of like his evidence and proof. Right. Yeah, it it Mm -hmm. definitely made them more real to him. Right. So it was during this time, his late teens, early 20s, that he developed what is known as Cotard syndrome. Now, research tried to tell me that Richard had severe uh, hypochondria, but Cotard's is definitely not that. Cotard syndrome is where a person believes they are a walking corpse or parts of them are dead and decaying. Or that they don't really exist. And this is usually brought on by severe depression, but it can be brought on by other things. And I and I think Cotard's is really interesting. Richard has a lot of really bizarre syndromes. And yeah, I've never heard of this them. one before. This is fascinating. That's kind of the, like, you think you're kind of a zombie. That's really interesting and weird. And Yeah. And... Yeah, it's really fascinating. Yeah. Um, what was frustrating is in all my research, repeatedly he's been said to have hypochondria. And I'm... Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what he got diagnosed with early on. Mm -hmm. But I have hypochondria, and I do not think I'm deceased. And I've not met anyone with hypochondria who believes that. And I looked it up, and that's not a thing. But Cotard syndrome definitely is. And it, like, you can think, like, a part of your body, like, my arm is dead. And you might, like, chop it off because you think it's going to poison the rest of your body. It's almost like the equal opposite of um, ghost limb. Kind of, you know, the like phantom when, limb. Or phantom thing. limb, yeah. Sort of. And then they, some people will take it so far, this delusion, that they'll stop eating because they're dead. They don't need to eat. Right. There was a woman who had it, and she quit eating, and she died. Wow. From starvation. 
Wow. Yeah, it's really, really wild. So Richard became convinced that his heart would stop sometimes or that he was actually dead. He also feared that he wasn't getting enough vitamin C because this guy was on top of his health, okay? Like, uh, I'm dead, but I still need that vitamin C. <laughs> and it wasn't like he didn't think, maybe I should take a vitamin. Or as the Brits right. say, a vitamin. 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 Or perhaps I should have a glass of OJ. No, Richard just held an orange straight up to his noggin, and he believed he could absorb the vitamin C this way. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bless him. No, no. And, ooh, this is tough for me. I don't know if I can dunk on him because he's so sick. Right. Uh, but I don't have right. any sympathy. It's hard because his crimes are so heinous. And it's like, at this so point I don't in know time, who to be mad at. was put into an institution, uh, you know. They, not yet. But I'm saying, but if, he, if he did get put into an institution, they did electroshock therapy back then. Oh, yeah. They did all kinds of crazy treatments. Um, Watch one throw ice, over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, I know. Like ice baths, electroshock, ice baths, you know, back and forth. Well, straight jackets, And then you had, you know, rolls. Reagan after that is just like, yeah, fuck it, let everybody out. Right. Gosh, we've just never handled mental health well in this country, no, not one it's time. Devastating. That's why you see so many um, old facilities from like the early, the turn of the century so haunted. Oh yeah, just can you imagine the pain and suffering? I can't. No, um, I watched an HBO documentary because some, not always, but sometimes HBO documentaries are just the shit. Mm-hmm. They're so good, and this one was about uh, like asylums. Mm-hmm. And man, it was rough. I want to go to some. Do you? Yeah, maybe one day we can take a field trip. Maybe one day, if we have enough patrons, mm-hmm. we can go on a spooky road trip. <sighs> My little heart. What'd it do? Oh, it would just... It didn't stop, did it? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you don't have cotards no. suddenly. All right, well, that's good. So Richard also believed that parts of his skull were changing and moving around. So he shaved his head so he could watch it. He was clearly not well and suffering from depression, hallucinations, and powerful and strange delusions. At the age of 25, in 1975, Richard was officially diagnosed with schizophrenia and put in a mental hospital because it was believed he was a danger to himself and he would hurt himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the mental hospital, caregivers and nurses dubbed him Dracula because he would catch birds. <gasps> no. Yes. And he would tear their heads off and drink their blood. Oh, my God. And he disturbed and frightened the caregivers and nurses. Oh, yeah. Now, this is a sign of another particularly rare disorder, Renfield syndrome, which we have mentioned before. Yes. Yes. Now, Renfield, for y'all who missed this episode or don't know stuff, um, did we not cover the Renfield? Look, we talk about stuff and then we do this, and I can't remember if we put it on the on the internets or not. I'm old. So, <laughs> or was that a part? Okay, so we record. God damn it! So we recorded an uh, a vampire folklore episode we for did. you guys. But I don't know what was wrong with us that day because it was stupid. <laughs> 
bad. We were so whoopy. Like, we weren't on anything. We were just so exhausted. Yeah. We just, we went on so many derailed sidetracks. And and then I ended up crying about Greek mythology. No, not just crying a little bit, like how she gets misty, but like openly sobbing. And then I was dunking on her for being a big baby. And like... It was a messy episode, and we so we decided not to. Well, and another share it with thing happened is that my computer just crashed, and so we lost my audio. Now our producer Will could have fixed it, but right. he said it would have taken him like eight hours, and I'm like, you know what? That episode was bullshit anyway. So <laughs> that's where we talked about Renfield syndrome. Yes, you didn't hear it, and I acted like you did. So I'm going to tell you what Renfield syndrome is. Mm-hmm. So, Renfield was a character in Bram Stoker's Dracula, the novel. And Renfield became Dracula's mortal thrall, and that's just like a helper who Dracula promised to reward with being turned into a vampire. He was going to give Renfield vampirism so he could live forever if he would just help him out during the day, because Dracula has to be asleep. Now, the character Renfield went cuckoo bananas, and they had to lock him up, and he was like eating spiders and rats and stuff so Renfield syndrome is kind of part of clinical vampirism and that is where the person is drawn to like drink blood and be that human or animal blood and boy Richard Chase sure had this one he drank blood because he believed there was a secret Nazi plot to turn his blood into powder oh (laughs) okay i'm not not laughing that he had delusions i'm just laughing at will like her eyes got (laughs) as big as saucers and she's like oh i see the nazis he also believed ufos were after him but the nazis specifically were turning his blood into powder his blood not everybody else's just richard just his blood yes okay Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. How would you turn blood into powder? That's my question. Well, uh, with your Nazi UFO ray. Oh. I mean, I don't know. And then I do we sort the powder? Is that what we do with it? Or what do we do? It ain't booger sugar. We ain't <laughs> snorting blood powder. I'm not a Nazi. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, would Nazis know? <laughs> well, I don't want to talk to them, so no. I guess it's a mystery. If you're a Nazi, no, you're not don't to listen. Do, yeah, don't listen and go fuck yourself. <laughs> Look, I don't, I don't uh, truck with no Nazis. No. Nope. Look, Indiana Jones taught me when I was a little girl that you punch them. That's what you do with Nazis. <laughs> you take your whip and you go, whoosh. That's right. Ugh. <sighs> So here's the reason he was institutionalized in the first place. It's kind of part of his Renfield syndrome and the fact that he thought his blood was turning into powder is that he attempted to inject himself with rabbit's blood. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, it made him very sick. He had to go oh, to the I hospital. Oh, I can only imagine how sick. Yeah, getting blood poisoning, yeah, obviously. Yeah, And so in the hospital, like, hey, Richard, what'd you do that for? He's like, well, the Nazis are going to turn my blood into powder. So I need more blood because obviously, obviously. I'm going to lose it in... He thought that with putting blood in himself was the only way to keep his blood from becoming powder. Oh. Hey. You know. I, um, I mean, at this point... We have a lot of empathy. Poor guy. Yeah, he's really I sick. Know. He's really sick. So, despite being clearly very mentally ill and delusional, the hospital believed he'd been rehabilitated enough, and he was on meds too, that he could leave the facility to go live with his mother. 
This is the first time Richard slips through the cracks. Don't feel sorry for her. She abused him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. His father and mother divorced in his teens. And so he had a kind of a terrible relationship with both of them. Right. And sending him to live with his mother would prove to be a terrible and fatal decision. Okay. Yeah. So... His mother was rumored to be verbally abusive at the very least, his father emotionally and physically abusive, and his delusions turned on his mother like almost immediately. He became convinced that she was poisoning him. Because, you know, why not? Right. Um, he was always thinking like somebody was out, to, like he was very sensitive about his food. He, if he couldn't like get it himself and see every step of the process, he was convinced someone had poisoned it. Yes. So he believed his mom was a Nazi collaborator. Oh my god. Yeah, he yeah, it was it was bad. He's, he's got extreme paranoia. His like delusions to, are really really yeah, bad. Yes. Yeah. So now remember when he's with his mother it was fine for maybe like literally 5 minutes but mm. she was just like, "Oh, you're okay now. You don't have to take your medication." No, what? Yeah, it's dumb. No. Yeah. Now, because there was no aftercare or any legal action taken against Richard at all, like, they couldn't... He was an adult. They had discharged him from the mental institution. He wasn't under, like, court orders to stay with his mother. Mm -hmm. So he just ran off. Wow. He moved into his first apartment with several other young men who were his friends. That's all I could find out about the, the people, because he was kind of a loner, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was a cute kid in high school, like, before he got really sick. I want to look up pictures of him while you talk. Yeah, he doesn't look well in most of his pictures. But in high school, he was cute. He even had a girlfriend. But, again, this is where the impotence comes up. He had erectile dysfunction. He couldn't, he just couldn't get excited. And so, uh, I believe that these were some former friends from high school. Mm-hmm. Um, or some people that maybe he'd met while wandering around in the drug scene. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in seeing the early 70s. Now. Yeah, he's not okay. No. Well, his diet's oh. bad also. We'll get to that. <laughs> One of the pictures, I'm sorry, but on Google, they accidentally used um, Richard Ramirez's picture. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> I mean, it's two dicks that are no good. It's the wrong No, it's dick. like the cover of a book. On Amazon. Oh, no. <laughs> it says the vampire of Sacramento, Richard Chase, and it has a picture of Richard Ramirez. Well, somebody fucked up. Uh, that's cute. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I kind of want that book now. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. That's anyway, sorry. So he moved in with several other young men that were friends, presumably. But, boy... When he moved out of his mother's house, that drug use started right back up. And Mm. once they saw the prolific drug use tendency to walk around naked when he was really having his delusions, and they listened to, like, his strange ideas that Nazis were turning his blood into powder, that he was actually dead, and that his skull was moving around, they asked him to leave the apartment. Wow. They were like, you need to get the fuck out of here. And he just said, nope, I'm not going nowhere. They became kind of afraid of his behavior. I would be too. Yeah, I'd be really wigged out. Yeah. And so they just left. Now, what did I say earlier? If Richard's alone, he spirals, and he spirals really, really badly. How is he paying for this apartment? You know, 
I don't know. There was never any talk of him having any kind of job. And this is in the 70s now? Yeah, we're in the 70s now. I mean, apartments in Sacramento in the 70s weren't that much money. I mean, I know. Well, relatively speaking, though, you know, they were some money. Yeah. I'm going to guess that his mother I was just about paid. to have, yeah, I was about to say that. Or his dad, or both, because they did not want him living with them. Part of the reason that was mm. is that he had taken the a family pet and was draining no. it of blood. Yeah. Oh and his mom God. was like, out you go with that. Into the streets. Yeah. Where you can kill other people's dogs. And... Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's really into okay, that. I'll keep going. That's yeah. So he started indulging in really destructive, delusional behavior, and he started killing neighborhood animals. And part of the reason, you know, he did this was the belief that he needed to keep his blood liquid. So he developed a way he liked to take in the blood and organs, because he would use the organs of the animals too. And, oh, so gross. So he would take the organs and the blood and put it in a blender, and then he would add Coca-Cola. And he would just blend that all up and glug, glug, glug. Wow. It's so much like my next case that I have to tell you about. And I was like, why are they doing this? I don't know. It's what so smoothie gross. is gross? It's so nasty. I can't even drink a smoothie that had spinach in it. <laughs> Girl. Listen, my drink needs to be fruity and tasty. It don't need to taste like leaves. Abuse. <laughs> I don't, I just bananas and strawberries. Yeah. A little sugar. Leaves. I don't want it to taste like leaves. Leaves is for a salad, okay? For a smoothie, I want it to be yummy and sweet. Like, I think people who drink V8 are monsters. Sorry. Blah. It's cold spaghetti sauce. God. So, no, I could not drink a slurry of Coca-Cola and animal... Awful. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I can't. spaghetti sauce or worse like the Campbell's tomato soup oh my god it's not gazpacho have you had gazpacho no I haven't it's delightful when it's done well otherwise it's just a cold old can of V8 I put it over spaghetti once when I was really poor bad time bad time made hamburger helper without the hamburger so it's more like hamburger help me so yeah, I don't think that did any good for his physical or mental health, drinking all that animal Coca-Cola blood juice stuff. Like, Organs, too. Yeah, well, maybe, the, I mean, this iron. I just, so much barfing. I just, and look, I've seen the crime scene photos at his place. Oh. That shit was nasty, nasty, dirty, blood on everything. Oh, I bet it's... Dunk. Oh, the investigator said it was stanky danky. It wasn't. Oh. It was very very bad. And oh. I, look, I'm having to talk this way, so I like I can. I'm like having. Yeah, a, I, yeah, you are. Mm -hmm. I'm sweaty. Mm -hmm. This is how I was with um, the Marcus Wesson case. Ooh. I was sweating. I said um like fifty thousand times because it was awful. Because I was about to barf and cry and cry because I knew what was about to happen. And this one's so awful. I'm just gonna warn I, I you know. in advance. Steal yourself. Okay. okay. Oh. So, 
Unfortunately, the animal blood Coca-Cola concoction was not satisfying his delusions. He believed he needed more blood. In August of 1977, he was caught near Lake Tahoe in Nevada near an Indian reservation. He was naked and covered in blood. Now, when they went out there, he was like dashing around, hiding behind stuff. Just skinny little white guy, just smeared. Say, he's very gaunt looking. Well, well, yeah, he's not eating proper. <laughs> he needs a good Italian mama to be like, are you eating? <laughs> oh, he needed a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Least of which was just a sandwich that didn't have blood on it. Wow. And so, of course, the police ar tried to arrest him. And they discovered in his car a bucket with, like, organs and blood in it. And at first they were like, oh dear. But it turned out to be a cow's liver and cow blood. And they just released him. They were like, well, like, oh, that's ago, fine. Yes. There's no crime against that. There's no law against running around nude, smeared in blood, and just hacking away at cows that aren't yours. It's fine if it's cows. Man, could it have been? I don't know, like a red flag, like, hey, woo, this guy is messed up. Maybe we should take him somewhere where they can treat his clear mental health problems. Because right. he wasn't trying to hide the fact that he believed in these weird things. He told him he needed it so his blood wouldn't get turned to powder. And they're just like, yeah, okay, that tracks. Yeah. Off you go, yeah, Richard. You're, you're safe to be let loose in society. Ooh, it makes me mad. Yeah. Because this... Because, uh, because they could have stopped at the end him of right the day, there. At the end of the day, do we put the blame on the mentally ill person or do we put the blame on the people that could have stopped him, Saved him. and didn't? Helped him. He was clearly suffering so much. And look, I don't have much empathy because his, his crimes are really heinous. And rarely do I believe someone is so insane that they're not responsible for their actions. But Richard Chase is one. I do not believe he was responsible for his actions. Right. And the reason I wanted to cover this case is because I like thinking about this. It's like a moral question. Right. And I encourage you guys to think about it, too, about how we handle the death penalty, about how we handle the mentally ill, and especially about using insanity as a defense plea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In this case... It's pure insanity, and there's well, no there question about it. There shouldn't even been a it. trial. Yeah. He had yeah. a long history. Anyway. This poor guy. Yeah, it's pitiful. Yeah. Really. And yeah. it just, so many lives were just fucking ruined because there was no resources for him and nobody to help him. This is a case of nature and nurture, I mm -hmm. think, going mm -hmm. wrong with this guy. So on December 29th, 1977, Richard killed his first victim. Oh. And it's likely the violence was prompted by his anger towards his mother because she had not let him come home for Christmas. And you'll um, see this pattern repeat. Yeah. Um, he was very lonely. And yeah. anytime Richard's alone, he spirals yeah. further and further and further. And just because he's mentally ill doesn't then mean he's not a human being. Right. And the rejection by his mother really crushed him and made him just full of rage. And unfortunately, he took it out on a 51-year-old man named Ambrose Griffin... He shot him in the chest with a twenty-two caliber pistol, and it was a drive-by shooting, a literal random act of violence. Shot him dead while him and his wife were getting groceries out of the car. Oh, my God. Yeah. And because it was random, they had no idea who did it. 
Can you imagine though? Like no. now that I'm now that I'm so immersed into true crime, it's no yeah. longer just like a passing hobby. No. It is my life. You think about the random acts where there's nothing you could have done to make. Those no, victims I, are totally blameless. They I were think, just getting groceries. I think about it every single day. Like, things it like that. In broad daylight, no less. so fucking yes, sad. it's so sad. And again, where... Ooh, why did he have a gun? And where did he get How it? did he get a gun? Man, I looked and I could not... I really don't. He's naked, I, covered in blood. Who's going to sell that man a gun? Well, somebody did Whoever because did, Pew, Pew America, also be held I guess. Responsible. Wait, absolutely. Ooh, my... I'm right on... Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. Can't even talk. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get into it because I don't want Second Amendment people coming at me. Right. It's not like I want to take everybody's guns away, but I Oh, I kind of fucking do. Nobody needs a gun. Look, you need a hunting rifle if you're a hunter. Right. You don't need a pistol. Right. Look, if you break into my house, let me tell you something right now. I don't have a gun, but I do have cans of wasp spray and a really sharp machete. Mm -hmm. And we have stand your ground laws in Arkansas, Mm -hmm. and I will machete the fuck out of you. That's right. I don't need a gun. You can have a gun. You're going to be blinded by wasp spray and macheted, so good luck. I have tons of really sharp knives because I like to cut vegetables. Do you? Mm-hmm. Well, that's nice. Chop, 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 motherfucker. <laughs> that's can, can I just say something off? Yes, yes, you may. Just, just real quick. It's about to get really gross, so no, go for it. In my early 20s, I lived at the art colony. Explain to people what that is. The Art Colony is this adorable little place in Eureka Springs that's made of these tiny little odd-shaped houses. Little shacks. Little shacks. Mm -hmm. They're technically shacks, but they're cute. And um, and it's like kind of communal living. Anyways, um, I was vegan at that time because I was extremely poor and I couldn't afford cheese. So (laughs) She couldn't even afford cheese. (laughs) I was so poor. Rent was like $200. And, um... Anyways, my neighbor was a writer, and he heard me constantly chopping sweet potatoes and carrots and stuff. Oh, shit. You ate the fuck out of sweet potatoes when I met you. I did. And and so he wrote this, like, slasher book. (laughs) Oh, no! Where me, this cute little tiny hippie-looking vegan, was, um, was actually a murderer. And, and... Yeah, yeah the, I can see. At the end, you think that, like, because you think she's just chopping carrots the whole time, but she's really, like, chopping up body parts. Anyways, that's that's just where that my does, brain went. Yep. I'm so good if at only it cutting just sweet been, potatoes that you I will chop them up. Do you want to know an easy way? You boil them a little bit first. Really? That way you peel their skin off because you put them in cold water. Yeah. You squeeze the skin off and you can chippity chippity. Wow. Yeah. We've learned things this day. Yeah. This is a Lillian's cooking tip. I like curried sweet potatoes. Man, I, like I love curried sweet. sweet potatoes. I don't like them sweet. I like them savory and spicy. Have you ever had my sweet potato pie, though? No. Oh, listen, you will change your mind and you will she beg does my this fucking to me forgiveness. All the time. When have I been wrong? When? <laughs> okay, Richard Chase. Fuck you entirely. <laughs> Friendsgiving is coming up and I can't wait. You're going to eat. I'm not even going to tell you, bitch. I'm going to be like, try this pie. It's real good. You're going to be like, oh, really? And I love it. I'm like, sweet potatoes. Fuck you. As long as I get my caramel apple, I'm good. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. You're, you are very disrespectful today. Anyway, he wasn't caught and when he killed Ambrose Griffin. And this began his obsession with killing. Like, he... You know, most serial killers wait a while in between. Right. No, he just did not have a cooling off period. He just ramped up. On January 23rd, 1978, Richard Chase killed pregnant 23-year-old Teresa Wallen. Oh, huh. 
funny. I know. Now, here's where the locked doors I said in the beginning come into play. Okay. Chase believed that if a door was locked, (gasps) he was not meant to enter. He wouldn't even try. And we're talking just one door. Oh, my God. If If it was unlocked, that means he was literally invited in, like vampire rules. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I don't like this. Mm mm. Now, of course, she didn't have her door locked. And I'm not blaming the victim on this. That's no. not an invitation, Richard. No. But that's how he entered her home through an unlocked door. Oh, he shot her three times in the chest. Then he stabbed her repeatedly with a butcher's knife. She I means she was already dead. He cut out her internal organs. He collected her blood in an old yogurt cup and drank it. And he raped her corpse and crammed dog feces down her throat. I hate this man. I can't hate him because he was really sick, but this is so awful that I just... I know. I don't understand. He had never been able to maintain an erection before then, ever. Oh my God. Yeah, this case is rough and I hate it. So... Okay, y'all, you, you ever been in, like, Facebook groups for, like, horror movies or, like, gothic stuff, and people are, like, drooling over serial killers, like, thinking they're hot? It's so weird to me. Anybody gonna think this shit is hot? Because it's not. It's awful and vile and evil. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I will get on a soapbox about that all that day long. disgusting. People will be like, Ted Bundy's hot. I'm like, Ew. number one, no, he had a big head. Number two, he was stupid. He was like below average intelligence. He used to like... Really? Yes, he was. His SAT scores were poo-poo. Poo-poo? Poo-poo. <laughs> I wish you guys could see how cute she is when she says that. <laughs> I did make the lips to say the poo-poo. <laughs> I just have to have some levity because... Yeah. This gets worse. You need palate cleansers in between every sentence. Oh, just about. <sighs> I just, uh, so just four days after he brutally murdered Teresa Wallen, he committed his next heinous act. On January 27th, 1978, he found the door to Evelyn Miroth's door, he found the door unlocked. And inside were her six-year-old son, Jason, her 22-month-old nephew, David, and a friend named Dan Meredith. Evelyn was 38 years old. First, Richard shot Evelyn and Dan and little and little Jason. He raped Evelyn's corpse and then stabbed her to drink her blood. And he also cannibalized some of her remains. He put Evelyn and her son Jason in a bed together. He left Dan Meredith dead in the hallway after he'd shot him in the head. And then he stole Dan's car and left. Notice I didn't mention the baby. The baby. So when investigators arrived at the scene, which was one of the bloodiest they'd ever seen, little 22-month-old David was nowhere to be found. And at this point, they don't know if it's a kidnapping. They don't know if he's still alive or dead. It's rough. Um, You know, and I kind of debated, do I include him in this month's or next month's? But he was primarily after blood more than... Right. And it was like a weird friend, sexual frenzy he was in when he was drinking the blood and like cannibalizing her corpse. He took some parts with him. This guy is what just... What about the baby? Well, that's, none of that's oh. good. Oh, God. 
So a visitor had interrupted Chase at Evelyn's home, and this caused him to flee the scene with David in Dan Meredith's car. Oh, and his prints were identified, which led investigators to Chase's apartment, where they found human remains and blood on utensils and cookware. I am not going to talk about what he did to little David's body. And he killed him right away. He shot him, too. Oh, my God. And it's it's just too gruesome and too terrible. And I will throw up. As desensitized as I am to this kind of stuff, I can't go this no. far. No. She's already told me, guys, and it's not okay. If you guys really want to know, It's on Google the internet. It, but, mm-mm, not I okay. caution you against it because I'm still, Don't. like, really disturbed about it. No, it's messing me up. As a mom, I just can't. No. If I were Evelyn, I'd just be glad I was dead, too. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't her son, but... Still. Still, it was her nephew. She was in charge of watching him. And her six-year-old son, Jason, was killed. Although, he didn't apparently do anything to Jason's remains, which is good. David's decapitated body was found behind a church several months after his arrest. I know. Chase was sentenced to death by gas chamber on January 20, um, excuse me, January 2nd, 1979, after only four hours of deliberation. Now, as I mentioned before, I don't agree with that at all. I think his crimes were heinous and he needed to be put away from where he could hurt himself or others, obviously. Clearly, this was such a disgusting, vile, heinous act like to the point where it's something you'd see in hell. Like, if I went to hell, yes. I would expect to see that. Yes, yes. I'd be like, yes. well, well done, demons. This is exactly what I expected right. to see. Bravo, I am tortured. Yeah. So it's it's rough because the very big human part of me wants to say, oh, yes, gas him, chop his head right off, mm-hmm. put him in a blender, fuck this guy, wood chipper feet first. Right, right. But... My, I appeal to the higher angels of my nature. Uh, no, it's not right. Because he. I don't think that he was sane when he committed these crimes. Right. Now, if he if he committed these crimes with, you know, his, his wits about him and he premeditated, this is what he wanted to do. He had an actual, you know, full capable mindset to do these types of things. That's one thing. No, he believed Nazis were turning his blood to powder, and this was the only way he could this live. This is not a sane person. He told the, uh, you know, investigators, yeah, I regretted doing it, but I had to. Right. You know, no. and even a, like if you were a sane person and Nazis really were turning your blood to powder, you'd just be like, well, I guess it's my blood's powder now. I'd go the powder route other than killing somebody. Right. Most people would. Or not, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I just couldn't kill somebody else. I talk a lot of shit, like I will machete you. But mostly I would just strongly advise you to go away (laughs) and probably run off. I just am not a violent person in any way. Mm -mm. What? So, investigators wanted to talk to him further even after the sentencing. And during an interview while he was in prison, he arrived to the interview with his pockets full of macaroni and cheese, which seems absurd and silly. But when asked why, you know, why do you have pockets full of macaroni and cheese? He laid it out on the table and wanted the investigator to test it because he was sure he was being poisoned by Nazis. Oh. It didn't stop. 
Yeah. And other inmates in prison were just terrified of Richard. Yeah. I mean, they heard about his crimes. Usually when when you've got something like that, uh, they'll kill you in prison. Yeah, yeah. For hurting babies mm-hmm. like that and, mm-hmm. and rape and stuff like Absolutely that. Absolutely yeah. they will. But instead, they just didn't even want anywhere near him, and they just encouraged him to kill himself constantly. That couldn't have helped his delusions. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he did the day after Christmas in 1980. He took an overdose of antidepressants and was found dead in his cell. And I mean, what really? Oh, it just gives me the chills. God, the day after Christmas again. That something. There was something more significant about that day, I think. Well, yeah, because his family abandoned him at Christmas. Yes. But I, I, I still think if you went back, like, we'll never know because his parents weren't too keen to talk to the press for mm, obvious reasons. Right. I think if you went back, you'd find something else there, too. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, of course. Yeah. Because Christmas is supposed to be a time of not just joy and happiness, family time, blah, blah, blah. But it's the day that we're instilled as children that we are rewarded for our good deeds of the year. Well, I want to point out something, too, that I find really interesting parallels between vampire killer cases is the Christ metaphor. Okay. The rebirth, immortal life, drink of my, drink of this wine for it is my blood. Right. You know, that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. So I really find these parallels really interesting. And I wonder if there wasn't on some subconscious level, some symbolism there for him. Because I do know that sometimes people with delusions, certain symbols and symbolism can trigger the delusions or reaffirm them act as synchronicities to kind of give them Mm -hmm. evidence and more more credence and make them hold more water than they do and so i i don't know that for sure this is just me guessing like i don't i i really researched and looked into it but people want to focus on the heinous quality of the acts themselves and like in a lot of the books that i read on like read excerpts out of i read one book on it uh, boy they just really want to get into the detail about the crimes and I guess there's some kind of morbid fascination people have with wanting to hear it. But y'all, I'm going to tell you, if you do decide to go look it up, you have done it against my advice. Yeah. Because it has really disturbed me. It's not worth knowing. Some no. things are literally not worth knowing. Yeah, I wish you wouldn't have told me. Sorry about it. Had to vent. Mm, it's okay, I understand. Yeah. But still. I told my husband and he just screamed in the car. <laughs> so, you know. Oh. He just screamed, why? Right. Because, like, I, I... I don't know. We'll never know what was going on in Richard's head. No. But he was tortured, obviously. He thought the bones of his skull were moving around. Right, and that he could see them. That's fucked. So, uh, no, I don't have any sympathy. And really, he got a better death than I guess he deserved. Mm-hmm. But I can't really make any moral call on this guy. Because right. I think he was just too sick. Right. And I feel really bad for all the victims in this particular crime. It's so senseless. It's, it's unfathomable. Yeah. It's not just your loved ones killed, but in just the most, their, their body just disrespected in just the most right. nasty ways. And I, I mean, at least, and I hate to say that. Yeah, well, you but can. You can go ahead and say at it. At least they were shot and killed first. Yes. Before yes. all of that other stuff he happened. He did not torture them while they were alive. That, and, and, and it, it seems weird based on his psyche that he would do that, 
I do think he had some level of remorse, which I guess was where they thought that he knew what he was doing was wrong. I don't think he doubted what he was doing was wrong, given the interviews I've read with him, but I don't think he could help it. Mm -hmm. I think his delusions were too powerful. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So. Well, I mean, if the man thought that he could absorb vitamin C through an orange rubbed up against his bald head, you know, like, I can I can only imagine what was going through <laughs> right, that. Like, I just, uh, it's just insane to me. So I'd like to take a moment and talk about a vampire show I watched recently because I don't want to talk about this case any fucking more. <laughs> I understand. I wouldn't even be able to listen to this episode. I know. Well, we can fuck off into the sun. Yeah. You're welcome, friends. So I watched Midnight Mass on Netflix. I've heard it's good. I haven't seen don't it. Don't do it. Okay. Don't you, don't, mm-mm. First of all, I would like to point out I'm a joyless husk and I don't like anything. She doesn't like anything, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm really picky. That's why I always have you tell me about Netflix shows before Yeah, because I, I know which ones are good and which ones are <laughs> poop. The premise of this show is so good, and I don't want to spoiler anyone, so I won't. But it's, a, it's questionable whether it's vampires or not especially beginning in the show and it takes place in a little seaside town with only like 400 people in there or some shit or even less i don't fucking remember well let me tell you this writers of shows who will never listen to anything that i say because who cares but people don't go on long monologues (laughs) let me give you an example this i'm gonna make it up this isn't in the show so I hope that when I die, that my soul becomes a star and the light from my star twinkles in the eyes of a child. <laughs> and then you just go on for like 20 more minutes. <laughs> Fuck off. If, if you started talking to me like that, I'd be like, are you having a goddamn stroke? <laughs> People don't talk like that. No. Ever. And, and okay, look, I can, I can suspend my belief I could put it down and I could say, okay, maybe this one bitch talks this way. What an annoying bitch. But maybe. Maybe they're really pretentious and read a lot of highfalutin literature. Okay? But every motherfucker talks like this? Are you shitting me? Mm, mm -mm. Mm Mm-mm. I wanted them all to die. (laughs) Also, if you were going to do... Okay, spoilers. I'm going to say that now. So if you want to watch this show and you don't want me to ruin it, you should X out of this right now. If you want to kill everyone at the end of your show to prevent the vampires from getting all over the world and killing everybody, vampires, don't make it so stupid. Like one of the characters is like, we're going to set all the buildings on fire except for the ones we sleep in when it's the daytime. And then they got mad that somebody set their sleepy building on fire. Well, get a shovel and dig a hole, because that's what I do. I'll be like, well, fuck y'all. I'm going to dig a hole. They didn't even think to dig a hole. Get a heavy blanket. Sit in a trunk of a car. There are ways around this. Nope, they just all fucking die. They're just like, okay, I give up. I'm mad. <laughs> fuck you, Midnight Mass. I'm kind of lost. They, they just stayed in their beds while they're... Okay, here's what happened. So most of the town becomes a vampire against their will. Okay. But they're cool with it. They're like, fine, we're vampires now. And they decided to flush out all the living people by setting their houses on fire. Uh-huh. Except for the one building in town where they were going to sleep during the day because the sun makes them explode. Wow. That's stupid, number one. Yeah. Number two, 
why didn't they think a living person wouldn't come by and torch their sleepy building? Because that's exactly what fucking happened. Okay, so somebody torched their sleepy building. Yeah. And oh, they're and just you're like, saying well, they, should, they should have just, like, hid somewhere yeah, in the shadows. Yeah, get in the, yeah, get in a fucking hole in the ground, get in the trunk of a car. There are, there are options. There's shady spots. Fucking yeah. There's it was just spots. direct sunlight because they could be in, like, a... I don't like direct sunlight. Guess what? Shade, bitch. Yeah, I find it. We'll find that. Mm-hmm. We're goth. We know where the shade is. <laughs> That's right. But why couldn't they just get in the trunk of a car? Why is it so stupid? They just all stood there like, guess we'll burn to death. They just stood in the sunlight? They sure fucking did. Like there wasn't any other no, option? Nope. Oh my god. Fuck you, Midnight Mass, you stupid show with your long monologues and dumb ending. It reminds me of that one vampire uh, movie with... Is it Josh Hartnett? I think it's Josh Hartnett. He's so dreamy. And His eyes are too fucking close together. But every, no every single guy. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I don't like anything or anyone. I've told you this. <laughs> They're like at the very end and like... Is it 30 rises. Days of Night? Yes. It's 30 Days of the Night. The sun yeah. rises and he like, he like go, turns into dust. That movie's all right though. It is actually pretty That's good. a really yeah. fucking badass vampire movie. Yeah. Okay, so I've mentioned before that I like vampires, and I think they're sexy. Not vampire killers, they're disgusting. But, like, mythological vampires. I've come to realize it's just I like fancy men with long hair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, wow, there's not any good vampire movies. There's, like, two. Bram Stoker's Dracula by Francis Ford Coppola is largely ruined by Anthony Hopkins acting like a fool and Keanu Reeves not having a stroke. I don't know what the fuck happened to him in that movie. The only parts that are good are with Winona Ryder and Gary Oldman fucking. That's hot as hell, and I'm here for it. She loves Gary Oldman. Uh, Yes, I do. (laughs) I don't find him attractive except in that movie, and that movie's hot. His forehead's too big, but that's okay. I don't like him when he has the boob hair. (laughs) Interview with a Vampire. Super good movie. Yeah, I just feel so bad for Claudia. Yeah, right. Yeah, fuck you, Lestat. I know that prissy bitch. Character. And I wanted them to make out, and they mm-hmm. didn't. And that's just that's just a tease. Claudia, no, Louis and Lestat oh, should have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, they should have been kissing. They weren't. I makes me so mad. Makes me mad also. Kissing. Don't fucking don't te- tease me with the gay and then not give it to me. Gay. Barrels of gay, please. <laughs> right in the face. But can't and Lost Boys is okay. Yeah, I I it's a long distant memory. I haven't watched it in my adult life well, people be mad at me but i just didn't like it that much the vampires were dumb i want my vampire to be fucking you know cool. what vampire movie i do love are you gonna make me mad go ahead make me mad no i really it's love fine. what's the quentin tarantino one um from, from dust till dawn, dawn? Yeah. Some stupid it shit. is the stupidest shit ever but the gay hey, sex machine <laughs> <laughs> It's fun. It's, it's it's fun. It's like that shitty like. It's a B movie and it's alright. It's wonderful. So I'm a high excitement. Yes, and and I really like the snake dance. That's who I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Calm down over there. <laughs> Jeez, do you need do you need to be hosed off? <laughs> Ew. No, I'm good. So next time we're not going to talk about a vampire murderer at all. We're going to talk about a weird place in Utah called Skinwalker Ranch where. Like the Mothman, all manner of creepy shit goes on. From poltergeists to portals to other worlds, underground mechanical weird noises, Mm. lights in the sky, and creepy pervy ghosts. Mm. And cattle mutilations. 
and just all sorts of just really crazy shit. It's kind I love of it. like like uh, like just a list of all weird shit, and it's all combined it's like, into one place. Exactly. Now, this is definitely going to have to be a two-parter. However, part one will be on Spotify and everywhere else, and part two will be on our Patreon. Oh, I'm teasing you a little oh. bit. I'm enticing the, the listeners, our friends. Mm. A little tease there. If you want more, you have to go over there. That is intrigue. <laughs> Are you intrigued? Intrigued. All right. Yes. Until then, y'all, thanks for joining us. Good night. Good night. And, and I love you. Oh. <laughs>